This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to Kashrus Anytime. We will attempt to clear up somewhat the confusion of some educated coach consumers regarding why is it that many in the know in the Kashrus industry keep away from star cash golfers. Now this includes very prominent Rabbonim, Kashrus authorities, etc. We will have to do this broadcast in multiple parts because it is pretty extensive. The Moshe Sternbuch Schlitte writes in a letter that we have in our possession the following. I heard that in Lakewood they hold from the Ashgacha of the Star Cage Rabbinic Administrator. I have had issues with him in South Africa where he approved the meats that we have disallowed as we assert. He approved the matzahs that we disallowed which we assert. Nay wants to approve the wines that we assert in South Africa. Therefore, it's of utmost importance to publicize not to rely on the Star Cage Rabbinic Administrator at all. That Moshe Neishlos, who was a Tzal, which was the Dayan of Skver, told the previous administrator of the Skver Ashgachis on two separate occasions, maybe more occasions, but I was present at two of those occasions, that Rav Moshe Neishlos told him he does not want the Skver Ashgachis should ever be on the same product as the Star K, as the Star K standard do not meet with his standards, and it also gives a stamp of approval on the Star K, so he doesn't want them ever to be together. And if you do see that any of them are on together in the meantime, please take a black marker and cover up the Hashgacha. More recently, most of the major international kosher certifiers, including the OU, etc., and the OK, have stopped accepting Star K certified ingredients. For, for some of their products that originate from numerous countries, unless the Hashgachas could make an audit of every Star K facility in advance. The Star K's Shabbos friendly appliances, Reb Shlomo Miller Schlitter, and Moshe Sternbuch, among many other Abonim put out letters that it's forbidden to rely on the Star K Shabbos Yomtev friendly appliances. It's a question of biblical transaction, or rabbinical trans- violations, Rabbi Avram Rubin of Ertesrol, very prominent in Hashgachis, did a thorough review of a Star K poultry shechita and concluded in his report there are the very high percentages, 20% or more, of miscuts, nevelus, and trapus. Reb Shloyme Stern, the Debrecinerov, and Reb Stein, the Foltechanerov, and the head of the Karlstadt Besden, wrote an entire pamphlet called Reformat Hashchita regarding the Star K's lack of Kashrus standard and the major big disaster that they caused by the P&M beef shechita. The Star K's light bulb Bishel Yisrael, Rav Shmuel Wozner, replied, asked 
is he an Orthodox rabbi? Reb Shlomo Zalman Obach said the star K's light bulb Bishnu Yisrael is one of the main causes of intermarriage bismanazer. I had four asmanas issued by a bezdin of Koyla Rabbanim to the Star K's president to come to bezdin. The Star K refused to appear, and a sitive against the Star K was ultimately announced. I went down to Baltimore to meet Rav Kalevsky, who was the official Roish of the bezdin of the Vadakashas of Baltimore. By the way, he happened to tell me that never, ever, did they ever ask him any shyness in kashas or anything pertaining to the star K, even though he was the Rosh of the Bezdin of them officially? I went to discuss with him because it was discovered in the star K uh, can of tuna that had Mashgir Tamidi on it, the Bishl Yisrael, etc. I found that there was clam in there. I took it down to uh, a number of uh, fishermen that were experts in fishing, the total of seven of them in Point Pleasant and other areas, they all identified it as clam. So I went down to the Star K's office in Baltimore to ascertain what's going on. And they were not able to find any report that a Mashgir did because they couldn't ascertain if there was a Mashgir there. Yet it said on the cans, on their label, it said Mashgir to me, the ambitious role. And I asked them, was this production, the date code on the can, is that an American date code where the month comes first, or was a European date code where the date comes first? Because this was done in a company called um, B&M Fish Company in Thailand. And I asked the Star K, do they do any non-kosher in that part? They said, definitely not. I said, could you tell me, how do you know they don't do? I was talking to Rabbi Schumann and Dr. Pollock, the president of the Star K. How do you know? They said, oh, we have big secrets how we know what's really going on by the company, and we don't reveal that to anybody. I said, very interesting. I take out of my pocket a document that I received from B&M Fish Company, and it says they do tuna and they do clam, which is non-kosher. So, Dr. Pollock says, could I have a copy of that? I said, absolutely not. You've been doing productions there for the last three years, and you don't have a copy from the company of what they do? I said, no, you're not going to get it from me. Get it from whoever else you want. This was done for California Delight Company. I basically was there interesting, arguing with them and trying to get out to the bottom of the story of what's going on and how such a thing happened. And they couldn't ascertain if there was a Mashgirti or anything else like it. They had no reports. They had no nothing in the files. And I notified them about this a few days in advance, so they really should have had the report available. I was there a total of about three hours in their office. Not once did they offer a drink of water or anything else. It's interesting, the Torah, there's a taina, Allah shaylo eschem balechem ubamayim. But evidently by the star K, those things don't mean. So I made an appointment, I went down to see Rabbi Kalevsky to discuss this thing. And I also wanted to discuss with him another thing, that the Falls Poultry, which was uh, the Star K Harishchita there, that in my opinion, it was very susceptible to Nevelis and Trefus. So 
So Rabbi Kalevsky went and he called down the rabbinic administrator of the Starcade, and we had a meeting. And at the meeting, I explained these things about the tuna fish, the clam, etc., etc. And he doesn't know how it happened. He doesn't know why they don't have information. He knows really nothing about it. Okay. And about the shechita, he says, no, he thinks the very, very mohudadik shechita, a very good shechita. So Rabbi Kalevsky says, look, Rabbi Shane, why don't you and the rabbinic administrator go up there to the plant, and either you'll convince him why it's Nevelle's trafus, the system, and he'll, or he'll convince you. So the rabbi, um, rabbinic administrator says, no, we can't have that done because... The star K doesn't allow Rabbi Shane into any of their plans. So I responded. I said, let me tell you, uh, tell Rabbi Kalevsky that yes, when I was in the office, they told me that they're not going to let me into any of their plans. And I asked them why. They said, if you're going to see the coolest, the bedievet and heterim that we do in our plans, and then you're going to go tell the gas. We're going to be in trouble, so we'd rather not let you in into any of the plans. Which I basically, I, I must agree with them because I would definitely publicize it, which I'm intending to do at this point. Also, I've been doing it for many years. So Rabbi Kalevsky says maybe you could find somebody that both of you could agree is an expert and let him go down inside. So he turned to the rabbi of the Star K and he says, "Do you have anybody to suggest?" And he says, "No." Nope. So he turns to me, and I said, yes, I suggest Rabbi Avram Luden from Metzestral, who also does the OU Hashgachis in Metzestral. So Rabbi Kolovsky turns to the rabbi of the Star K, and he says, you know this person? He says, yes, he's most probably the biggest mumche in Shechitas. And perhaps in Kashrus also, he says, I'm ready. He comes in, he says, I'm ready to, whatever he says, he says, I, I definitely will accept that. So I made arrangements with Rabbi Ganak to bring him in. And then the rabbi from uh, the Star K decided he doesn't want to let this uh, Rabbi Rubin be in the plant more than one day. Rabbi Rubin wanted to be there for two or three days, but he says, I'm allowing him one day. And Rabbi Rubin was a little bit reluctant because he says, you know, you could make a Hatzagah, you could make a show out of it for one day, but, you know, after two, three days, uh, that's it. So I told Rabbi Rubin, I said, look, if you have Siyata Dishmaya, you'll find the issues in one day. If you don't have Siyata Dishmaya, two or three days is not really going to make any big difference. So Rabbi Rubin ultimately came in. The rabbi from the Star K was there. The rabbi from the OU was there. He did his review, he spoke to the Shachtim, he saw what he wanted, he was there a couple of hours, and basically he went back to that stroll. A few weeks later, comes in basically a report, is sent in to Rabbi Genak of what's going on there in the Shrita, and was basically a very, very disastrous report, where there was a lot of issues over there, and he basically came to the conclusion that there's approximately 20% or more of Nevelis of is going out into the plant with the plumber of Star K as being kosher. Rabbi Ganak sent a copy of that report to the Star K for their review. A few days later, Rabbi Rubin gets a call from the rabbinic administrator of the Star K, and he says, um, you, you think you can make some adjustments to the thing because it's 
written very, very powerful, and it's, it really hurts us a lot of the way you wrote the report. So Rabbi Ruben says, you should know that was the fourth or fifth version. Originally, the first version was a lot, lot stronger than that. And I watered the dam, kept on watering the dam, we should avoid it because you are a very, very big Talmud Chacham. But this is the best that I could do. I can't even change one single word. So he says, look, I'm sending it in to you now. Please review it. Anything you could ease off on the thing. So Rabbi Ruben looks at the fax machine and he sees, yes, it is coming in. He says, I'll review it, but I really don't think I could do anything. And I called up Rabbi Ruben. I said, what's doing with the thing? So he says that he just got in a copy from the star K of the report. And he's going to review the thing and see if he can make any changes. But he doesn't think so. I said, but let me tell you like this. Do not. Do not, do not write any letters or anything until you talk to me because you don't know the mentality of some of the Americana Rabbonim that there is over here. So please don't write anything. He calls me back about two hours later. He says, do you know, I found that there was about four or five forgeries that was done on the thing with changes. I was very upset. I said, I hope you didn't send the letter. He said, sure. I sent out a letter immediately to Rabbi Ganat that I'm extremely upset that in Chidolaymaili people that are not proper people in Chidolaymaili went and made Ziyufim forgeries to my report. So I told Rabbi Ruben, I beg you not to write anything. He says, How can I leave such a thing without writing? What's your concern? I said, My concern is very simple. The star came now when somebody's going to ask them that they saw a copy of the report port and there's, there's uh, a lot of problems in your shkita. so the star is going to respond no we have a letter from Rabbi Reuben that the whole thing is a forgery and don't believe nothing of it he, so Rabbi Reuben says they will never ever do such a thing I say that's what you think I guarantee that's what they're going to do and just as I've said as time went because I, I did have a copy of the actual report and I publicized it to a number of Rabbonim, Choshim Rabbonim, and Shritas, and other kind of things, they read it. They called up to find out what's going on. And he says, hey, I have a letter I could show you that Rabbi Ruben wrote that the thing is a forgery. That's the way it goes. By the way, it's a number of issues that I've had other ones with them. I did send them out, uh, Hasmona, from, uh, from the Bezn of Kail Harabonim. I sent that as before Hasmonas to the Star Case president. Uh, to come to uh, Besden and they refused to come uh, and they basically just ignored everything like it. A number of years ago, there was the famous kosher cruise in Baltimore under the Star Ashgacha. As they were giving Ashgacha to a caterer that basically ran a kosher and non-kosher business. And once they had Ashgacha so on the boat, he was bringing them from both of his uh, places where he was doing his um, his commissary the kosher one, the non-kosher, there was a lot of non-kosher food that went up onto that boat. And the people in the, on the boat from Baltimore, from wherever they were, were basically fed Trafus over those couple of days. Ultimately, the rabbi from the Star K was called down to Agudas Rabbanim. And Agudas Rabbanim said that, you know, there's a takana that you can't give Ashgacha to somebody that's selling Kosher and tape. You can't give Ashgach at them. There was such an economy made a number of years ago and was updated more recently. So the rabbi of the star case says, look, I was an anus. 
What should I do? It disaster happened. They said, no, this is not Oynus, this is a Pshia. There was a Takana from a good Sarabonim, and you broke that Takana. And you had no right to break the Takana. There was a caterer under the Ashgach of, uh, of some Rabbonim in Mansi, and there was a bagel store in the Mansi Spring Valley area under the Ashgach of the Star K. And that bagel store called up this caterer, could you maybe take your bagels for me? So he called his Rav Amachshir, and the Rav Amachshir sent his Mashgiach down to take a look what's going on there. He comes back to Rav Amachshir and he says, I have a problem to take from those Star K certified place because I see they're using the exact same trays as they use for the power of the bagels. They're doing also Milchtika Danishes on those same trays. So I can't use it because well, I, can't, I can't have that the bagel should be milchik when it's coming in over here, when we're running it, whatever, we'll use the bagel sometimes for other affairs, sometimes for carb. I can't have milchik bagels. He says no. So this rabbi in Mansi went and called up the rabbinic administrator of the Star K and he says, what's going on? This is what I found. He says, let me check it out. And he calls him back a few hours later and he says, I checked it out. They are using different trays. He says, my mashgiach was there this morning, and he saw they're using the same trays. He says, I'm telling you that they are using different trays. And he was very stunned by that, and, you know, he saw that basically there's nobody to talk to, nobody's home. It got back to me, and I checked up what it is, and what happened was that the bagel store was notified by the Star K to please start using different trays. And this Robert Mansi didn't listen good what the rabbinic administrator in Baltimore told him. He didn't say they used in the past different trays. He says they're using in the future. They're using different trays. We corrected the problem. But it was a very, very misleading statement. But that's standard. A company in the Baltimore area that was producing kosher beef, lamb, and veal uh, that was under the Star K. It happened to be the Star K Rabbinic Administrator was also the kosher inspector for the city and for about nine years. And this shaykhet was basically making 90% of it was kosher, which is almost an impossibility. Yet, the Star K did not stop or anything else like it. Later, when they got in a different shaykhet, and his numbers were coming out to be at 45%, Basically, the question was, should the dishes be kosher or not? Was the best notified, etc., etc.? But basically, it just went under the wire and just continued, and they just ignored everything. And now, going back for a moment to the story with the tuna fish, uh, what the Star K did was they put in a little advertisement that if you have any tuna fish, with these and these code numbers, please call up the Star K before you use it. So somebody from France called up and said, what is the story with this thing? Because mind you, that they couldn't even find a report from Meshgiach of uh, when it was made. So they told the uh, one from France, and they told the other about him, well, it's not officially Yisrael, the production. It's a mistake on the can. They didn't tell that they found clam there. They didn't tell them any of these type of but it happened to be when I asked them the date, if it's a, if it's a, an American date code, English date code, they asked me, the, Dr. Pollock asked me, why does it make a difference to me what kind of date code? I said, very simple. Tuna fish, I was in many tuna fish companies. Tuna fish is cooked twice. Once as a whole fish, 
hopefully they eviscerated before. And then again, once it's in the cans, it's retorted, it's put into the cans and it's put into a retort, which basically is a pressure boiler that seals the cans and basically it does another recooking on it. So I said, if it's an American date code, then it was cooked on Shabbos and recooked on Sunday. If it's a European date code, then it means it was cooked the first time on Friday, second time on Shabbos. I would love to meet the Mashgiach that did the Bishal Yisrael and know how he did the Bishal Yisrael on Shabbos. That's why I'd like to know with the date code. The Star K basically came up with an idea of allowing to take a electric light bulb incandescent and connect it to a battery, screw it into an oven, and they called that to be Bishal Yisrael. And uh, I happened to be by Rav Shlomo Orbach when I, together with Rav Shlomo Orbach, worked out uh, a machine that basically can turn on ovens and boilers, etc., by telephone in order to have it to be Bishal Yisrael and Pas Yisrael, which um, Rav Shlomo Orbach, the final version of it, basically, he approved the thing. He was very good in electric. I've gone it through with him, and then I went to the Shmuel Bozna, and he also approved the thing to be used for Bishli Yisrael, a Pasistral, which is being used. So during the, the conversation with Shlomo Zalman Orbach, he mentioned this thing about the Japonim the, the in America that are coming up with these uh, heterim on these things, and he says, you know what I'm talking about, which uh, I asked him if he's referring to the to the electric light bulb, which is Bishli Straw, and he said, yes. I said, you mean the rabbit bulb? He says, yes. He says, I got to tell you, he says, Chazal say that two things cause intermarriage. One is that they're not nizzard in Bishli Straw, which is, he says, this is one of the biggest causes of intermarriage in the world because of this heterim uh, that these people are coming up with Bishli Straw. And the second thing he says is is wine that the, the wine with great touching and not having a properly mevushal, which uh, he says is also a very big problem over here in the American Arbonim. And we know from the letter from Rav Moshe Sternbuch that he was referring to that the Star K rabbinic administrator was now going to be martyred the wine in South Africa that he asked. So basically, it, it, from Rav Shlomo came out that one of the biggest violators and causes of Bishel, of uh, intermarriage in the world is caused by that harem that the Star K is using. At an ACU convention, Association of Kashrut Organizations, which um, it happened to be that the Star K was very, very involved in forming this Association of Kashrut Organizations, it originally was called Association of Community Kashrut Organizations, but then they changed just the uh, association of cash organization. They were very involved. And it was very interesting why they were so involved with it, but it really, really was made a lot for the Star K to be able to hide behind the veil of secrecy that people shouldn't know exactly what they're doing, and they'll pick up all the problems they'll pick up from the end. They're not going to go along with any of the corners that are being made, such as it was a corner that Aku wanted to make, and all the other cash organizations agreed to, that you don't take over another Hashgacha that dropped it unless you have in writing from the previous one that there was no issues of Kashris, otherwise you don't take it over. 
But the Star case says, no, we're not going to be bound by that because the reason why you have conferences issues is because you don't know how to give Ashgachas. We are way, way superior than all of you. We know how to give Ashgachas. That's why we're not going to have any of those problems. I was sent down a number of years ago. I was sent down on the, by the OK to check out a plant that was doing flavors. And I went down and I asked the, the plant owner, were you ever under any of Ashgach? And he says, yes, I was under the Star K. I say, and what's, what happened now? He says, well, what happened was that one of the companies that I supply flavors to uh, ha uh, owed money for Ashgach to the Star K and they didn't pay. So the Star K told me that I shouldn't sell them any more product because they want to put pressure on them to be able to pay off their bill. But I had orders from them from previously, and I couldn't really not fill those orders. I maybe wouldn't take any further orders, but I filled those orders. And the Star K found out that I filled the orders. So they went and they pulled the Ashgacha. So I'm left basically without Ashgacha at this point. So I'm going through his uh, storeroom, and I noticed their canisters from Coca-Cola and 7-Up. I said, you an authorized vendor to make flavors for uh, coca-cola and seven up he says no i'm not so i say so what are you doing with these canisters he said i fill them with my flavors and i was kind of shocked i said uh, aren't you concerned about coca-cola he says well what happened was coca-cola found out that that's what i was doing they followed my trucks to every single one of the places till they had a complete list of where I was delivering and they sued me in court. I happened to have lost in court the case because I was definitely violating it and the judge fined me $500,000 but he made the payout to be over 20 years which is $25,000 a year. He says Rabbi for $25,000 a year, I'm not going to stop filling Coca-Cola and 7-Up containers. I'm making a lot more money than that, so it's basically just the cost of doing business. Okay, and I tell him, give me a list of all the raw ingredients you're using, so we can put together a list and see what's approved. And he gives me in one list, and then uh, a few weeks later, he gives me in a few more things, but I wasn't getting um, everything that I needed. While I was there, by the way, there was a chemist that was developing flavors by him. That chemist asked me, he said, Rabbi, are you going to be the one in charge of the supervising uh, things in this plant? I said, yes, I am. He said, well, that's going to cause a problem. I said, why is that going to be a problem? He says, you see, I'm trying to make over here um, flavors for this company to develop. And one of the flavors they're trying to develop is um, something like a, uh, similar to Dr. Pepper. I say, so what's the problem? Oh, well, you see, the problem is as follows. You see, I was one of the chemists that developed the original Dr. Flavor, um, Dr. Pepper flavor. And we know how to work around, you know, when the rabbis are there to do it, because there is something in there that's not even kosher. But we know, we know how to take care of that. But when I observed you over here for the last couple of hours, I'm not going to be able to do it over here with you being the supervising rabbi, so it's going to be a problem a little bit. I say, well, 
let's see how things work out. So they kept on sending me some papers, but I never got the whole thing. So they went and called up the company, called up the OK. Could you maybe send down a different rabbi? This one is too particularly wants all the documents. They said, no, we need all the documents. Finally, I don't hear from him for a couple of weeks. I call him up and I said, well, could you tell me what's going on with this ink? So he says, I decided that with you, I'm never going to get finished because you want to have every single raw ingredient that comes into my place should be kosher supervised. And you'll decide if you're accepting it, you're not accepting it. I decided it's a lot cheaper for me and more, and the only way it'll work, I'm going to go back to the Starcade. They're going to give me a fine that I went and sold the product to that other vendor that didn't want me to sell. And uh, I'll make peace. I say, yeah, but didn't they ask you for copies of all the things that certified, that they're certified kosher, all your basic raw ingredients? He said, Rabbi, the first time I gave them a big batch, I didn't even know if they went through any of them, to tell you the truth, because it was a lot, a lot of them that I gave. You know, I gave you the same thing. Is this time when they came back, I gave him another couple of papers, this and that. I haven't heard from them. He says, it's basically you, you take care of the thing, you grease your wheels, you pay, he says. You continue in life in that city. He says, with you, I never would have made it. You were very particular. You want this and you want that. You want everything. By them, it was all a couple of dollars. This basically is some of the reasons why all of those other ones are very leery about accepting star cash gachas of the way they do the things. There's a lot more to say, which basically I'll continue and another time on another podcast. Koltov, if you have any questions, you could always contact me at kashrusy, K-A-S-H-R-U-S-Y, at AOL.com. Koltov.